And we're live. Oh, that's real tinny. Hang on a sec. Tinny. You talk? Can can you talk for me? Yeah. Hello. What's been happening? How have you been? Yours sounds normal. I sound like I'm a bit weird. Maybe I'm British now. You do sound yeah. a little bit weird, actually. Yeah, it's a little bit off. Hang on a second. Let me adjust these settings. We went Kiwi on that one. Uh, y- are you putting that on? Oh, that's why. Are you putting that on? Yeah, that was. Oh, okay. You do sound different. There we go. That's better. Welcome to my podcast. It's like that. Um, Let's shake your voice. Yeah, the tone. Can you? How much can you edit it? Not much. It just stops it from. So you can't fully change voices. Now, now talk. Okay. Hello. Yeah. See, better. Hello. Oh, okay. It was like too deep or something before. For you. Oh, for know. me, for me, it sounded like I was in a tin shed throwing some coins. You just sounded like you were asleep or something. Uh, well, I did just wake up from a nap, um, oh. like a two-hour nap, because um, we had to reschedule our <laughs> podcast. Um, it's originally meant to be at three thirty, but I napped at three thirty. No, instead. it was meant to be at four thirty. Whatever it was, you, you didn't still even fucked know it up. We were doing it this weekend. It's in my clinico. It's it's in you there. You did send me a reminder yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Well, that means it was in there. Yeah. Yeah, but see? The other Tuesday, Thursday, it wasn't got, in there. I would have got the reminder. It would have been fine. And then you'd have remembered. Drop my pen. Hang on a sec. <laughs> uh. oh, so how was your um, sex cult thing that you just came from? <laughs> what? I've, I've, heard, I've heard you're part of a cult now. So. Uh, that's um, pretty funny. <laughs> no, I'm not. Well, I was actually – that came to me in the car and I was like, well – like define what someone thinks cult is. Non-mainstream um, group of people. That's what a cult is. Yeah, and so, but um, but then I'm like, there's this famous guy that started a cult one called Jesus Christ, and it just became yeah. a really big cult. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking about. I was like, well, we're all in cults. We're all just in different beliefs, and people are just accustomed to what they're doing, and it's kind of like mindlessness sometimes, or like non-conscious. So really, who's in the cult? It's just a derogatory, suppressive term that people use when they don't understand or want to be a part of something. So it's to push it down and out of society. So if they, they go, oh, they're part of a fear. cult. Yeah. From fear. Fear. Yeah. And sometimes it's rel- like relative. Join relative. my cult, everybody. And it's the right word. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's like a cult, I think it's in Tasmania, where it's a guy that's come back and says he's Jesus Christ returned to earth and he's okay. collecting his apostles and uh, Mary Magdalene and all that sort of stuff. So that's a cult. That's no, that's not a cult. Wait, so you think that – so wait, hang on. That's Re- legit. A guy, that th- a guy that thinks he's is Jesus. He, no, but is he saying in a past life he was Jesus or is he saying that he's he is He's saying he is Jesus, Jesus okay, that has come back. Both are stupid. Oh, no, I believe Jesus in past is, lives. Yeah, I do too, but Je- Jesus was just a really good con artist. Oh, disclaimer, look, podcast, look, talking about bad about Jesus. I don't ha- I don't really know <laughs> – Sorry, Mum. I don't really know too much about Jesus. I haven't really journeyed much with that. So well, he was meant know. to be here about 20 years ago, so miss that Okay, one. hang on. Segue to that. Is that you implying that when Jesus doesn't show up? He's a liar? No. No, he doesn't show up for the things that we think he should or like God or whatever. No, no, he was literally meant to be here 20 years ago, 2,000 years. He was meant to be resurrected or oh, come back again. Oh, I get you. I okay. know. My, my Bible study's a bit off. It's been like 29 years since I've been at a Catholic primary school, 27 years. So a little bit rusty. Um, <laughs> all right. You have no idea why you're here today. So this is going to be great. It's just going to throw, throw curveball after curveball at yeah, you. Yeah, I'm kind of um, used to that life now. So I wasn't too anxious. And we've uh, you know lost 75% of viewers already and they've reported us to the <laughs> church. So to the police for, the, the church for recruiting cults. people in our reverse psychology. Um, Don't come to our cult. 
So, uh, so for people who don't know, this is my baby sister, Monique. She is almost to the month, three years younger than me. I think it's 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 two years and eleven months. My birthday on Monday. No one Just cares. This isn't about you. This, this is my podcast. It's about me. That's um, what you told me when you started this podcast. <laughs> tell me it's about the guests. So I'm taking up space. My birthday Monday. So everyone message okay, me. Okay. So me how great everyone I am. listening, <laughs> give Monique a dollar. Uh, you can send it to my bank details. <laughs> I'll pass it on to her. Well, if a million people listen, you'll be very wealthy. If a million people listen, just send me a million beautiful messages telling me how great I am, how much you love me. If you send a dollar, it means you love her. If you send $10, it means you hate her. (laughs) So which one am I going to get? Yeah, so am I going to get a million dollars or $10 million? Mm. Um, I'm sure there's people who do hate And then I'll take my tax, which is 95%. So you'll get like 50 grand. (laughs) So enjoy that. Um, All right, so... (laughs) Oh, what the fuck? So, Monique, um, what was it like growing up with me as your big brother? Wow. How long do we have? How long? <laughs> All um, right. So you, you, can, you can jump, but what was it like having me as a big brother? Early years, they were probably the worst ones because I was an asshole then, um, until later years and then I guess into adulthood and we'll go from there. Okay. I knew this was coming. Yeah. When I this got is, out of the car, I was like, this is about – a lot, Our relationship. A lot, of, a lot of guests are coming on the show to basically just slander me in the next interviews. I've got uh, like Tommy Joseph and Nick coming on for a trio. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, but you love that shit. Ba- so ba- Barbara's going to come on. Barbara, yes. Yeah. I'm going to be here eating popcorn in the background for that one. I don't know if anyone wants to be here for that one. Yeah, um, I'm going to be here for that one. Uh, so there's okay. yeah, a lot. So what was it like growing up to have mm. guys just – she lies a lot, so don't believe what she says. Um, okay. It's a real problem. If you see it, you got it. <laughs> I have no idea what she just said. <laughs> That's not my language. I struggle uh, with English. Go. Okay. So earliest kind of memories are like – because we're so close in age, it was like – we're just always together as kids. So I feel like our, fam- our family went away a lot together and we spent a lot of time together. Um, and so there was a lot of big brother, little sister kind of like used to do all these <laughs> fucked up pranks. And I witnessed you doing them to your friend, like orchestrating these pranks to your friends as well. So I sometimes just viewing the pranks and then other times I was on the other end. So a really prominent story. So classic Joker, classic, classic prankster. Yeah, just, classic. Oh, are you jumping to when you're like 15? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Missed out on half the so, childhood, 15 okay. to 15. We'll get Go. there in a second. <laughs> Fuck it out. I feel like, because for me, something that's a really prominent in my life is that I, my mind doesn't retain what people said. I remember the feelings. So if I speak into the feelings, I feel like when we're younger, we're just really close and it was <laughs> – I don't know how old these were, but I remember it must have been in grade seven or eight and I just remember you just really loved sharing. You just always wanted to share with me just everything you did – everything that happened, all of the crazy, wild, fun adventures you had. And I just remember actually before that, before that must have been when I was like, remember like when I was in the room next to you. When we used to play with Barbie dolls together. Yeah. 
sleepovers. Like <laughs> no, we'd have like sleepovers, and then we'd have like play with like Barbie dolls and Ken dolls, and I don't know if you pulled their heads off. Oh, uh, we used that? to we used to no, they used to go forward. Draw. You had a pink Barbie car, oh. uh, which died pretty quick because it got hit by boulders and stuff outside. Is that we, you throwing shit? Yeah, at yeah, it? it was the, they couldn't escape. Uh, we had like uh, it took a, a long time for Dad to retain. Remember that we, we didn't have a retaining wall in that middle bit of the mm. yard for ages. It was just yeah. like a dirt hill, which whenever it fucking rained, water just like plummeted down. But you could just uh, roll the car and throw rocks at it. So the Barbie car just was Barbie getting car assault. got a bashing. Yeah, it's getting. Okay, I don't up. remember that. I'm glad you remember bashing up my Barbie doll car. <laughs> um, yeah, I just remember you were just very. Curious and playful and mischievous and like yeah, just a little kind of um, all round legend, trickster, all round <laughs> fucking great guy. Just like a little trickster from the get go. Like he kind of just had a lot of, we just had a lot of fun together. But then I feel like I used to get really frustrated because you would then sometimes be too mean, and then I'll go to mum and dad and be like, Trent did this to me. And then and then you learnt that if you didn't get your own way, you can just scream and pretend that I hurt you, and Dad would come pretend, smack me. Did I? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Like we'll be playing, and I'm like, let's do this. Like, no, Dad, and Dad would come just give me a whack because he's just got so used to me being an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. He's like typical Trent behaviour. Yeah, yeah. He must be hurting her. When Dad's just trying to sleep after baking for twelve hours, and when he just screams and pretends to cry. Uh. Yeah, so that was like, I think, I don't have vivid memories of childhood, but I just remember we just had a lot of time and experiences together, like especially with mum and dad and like um, Natalie had had left the stage and moved away for, for work. So it was kind of just the four of us. And so we kind of went a lot of little trips and we're really lucky to have those opportunities from mum and dad and I feel like um, – I can only speak from my experience, but I feel like we just got the invitation to explore and like just be whatever we wanted as long as we were happy. It was kind of like do what feels good for you kind of support from mum and dad as well. You're so, pretty good. Yeah. And then – Okay, jump to 15. Jump to 15. Just, taking too long now. Uh, just a pre, pre, <laughs> precursor. I did tell Monique to come with us this night. Did tell – is this the one you're talking come about? Come with the what? Come out with us to the party. No, I don't remember that bit. It might At be the, the start, same story. And I, I oh, think and I was home by myself. The yeah. same story. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like watching TV Nink. and I'm like, I think I'm, Trent says I'm 15. So who knows? In high school. Some, we're, we're, some, we're 18. We, we, you were 18. Like it was a year after we finished school. Okay. So I'm yeah. 15 and mum and dad aren't there and Trent's gone to some party or something. So I'm just like, you know, watching a movie or whatever. And I don't know if it was the first time he did this. So I feel like you might've done it before. Anyway, he, Definitely blacks. the first time I did this one. Are you sure? Yeah. He blacks out. So the whole house just, okay, you're in the lounge room. I'm watching the TV, watching the show, and then the whole house blacks out. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck? And I'm like, you know, I don't know what to do. Like, how do I turn it back on? Like, I think there's some box around the side or something. But I'm like, oh, there's no light. And, you know, I didn't have – I had a phone, but it wasn't, like, glued to my hip now, you know. Like, I was just me. So I start, like, slowly get it coming into the kitchen and but then – Do you remember that? Because you, you were in the octagon lounge room. We oh, had, okay. Missed a bit. We had, we had an octagon stuff, lounge yeah, room. And, and I got I – got, I got, so I've snuck in the house near the pool bit and I got Chris to run around the lounge bang room and bang on, on all, all the, the windows, windows Chris, real fast. Chris is going – Chris, <laughs> Chris is my business partner. Yeah, Trent's, Trent's <laughs> now business partner. Banging on all the doors yeah. and I'm just like ah, – Fuck off! Leave me alone! Just 
psycho street. So, so like, makes way to the I mean, kitchen. instantly went into fight. Fight. When it makes her way to the kitchen and grabs two knives. No, it fucking butcher's cleaver. I grabbed the butcher's cleaver. That's mine. It's huge. And then you're like, start crawling at me. Like On the ground. Like, the gr- <laughs> like the a gra- zombie. What's that movie? Yeah. The grudge. You're crawling yeah, at pit- me. pitch back. <laughs> and I'm like, ah! and I'm like, I'm just kind of swinging in the air. And then you, I think that's the moment when Trent's like, okay, if I go any closer, she's going to fucking kill me. <laughs> so I better fucking back off and tell her who it is so I don't die in this prank. Great prank though. It's a real good one. Okay, don't do that at home. <laughs> Ever again, because ne- so, next swing was so, nearly. So I, I think I think the precursor as well, Monique. We told Monique to come with us. She's like, "No, I want to stay home." So there's lots of weird people around the neighbourhood. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, so we told you, and we'll get home. We're like, let's let's just we'll drunk. Let's just be those we're like, people. Let's just let's just <laughs> let's just scare this shit out, Monique, because we we came home, but we didn't go through the front door because it was like oh. this double lock. We just jumped the fence. We jumped the fence. And you can see Monique watching TV in the lounge room. So we're just like, "Yep." Go time. And Chris is always down to, to go for a prank along because it's not on him. So oh, yeah. if it's on him, he's not really good. He's really he's not, not, he's he's not really uh, very receiving receive. of pranks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, so then, um, uh, do I reveal these parts of the story? Of, I'll just fucking say it. And then there was like, <laughs> sorry, mum and dad. And then there's me going to the, started going to parties and Oof. like, <laughs> this is a good round. Started going to parties in like grade 10. So, and there was this party. Mum was like, oh, you know, well, I wasn't allowed to stay over at parties. We always had to come back home, which was all, like in hindsight awesome. Because it's grade 11. It's no, I was grade 10 this one. End this, of grade 10. This, it, was there was it? many more, obviously. As you know, <laughs> this bond was grade 10, I remember. So it was my good friend. I won't say name. One of my good friend's birthdays. And mum finally let me stay over at a party. And... Trent, it's no, Kathy, Nat- wasn't it? Trent or Natalie? Kathy. Why are you name bombed bombing? I just, because it doesn't matter. I just try to. I just make you sure it's the right one. There's a few. Okay. Off fucking. Anyway, yeah, my friend Kathy's party, which which we helped. I also bought braziers for it and dropped my neck off. Yeah. So was yeah. it you and Natalie though? Me. So Trent, yes, yeah, Trent. Trent brought me like a whole bottle of vodka and like some. Two gr- cruiser mixes. Oh, no, I didn't buy you the alcohol for the that party. That was Natalie. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. So, so was mum and yeah, dad. Don't throw so me under the bus. Because <laughs> Natalie, Natalie just came back. Natalie yeah, just came back. Okay. I think she was here for like, she came back for like a year. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Were well, you still involved in this party? You, uh, you did the cleaning I'm up. I'm the saviour. So I fucking drank the whole bottle of vodka that night. What the fuck? Anyway, Natalie said, don't drink this whole thing. Just have like a little bit. And I'm like, yeah. Wise words, Nat. That's what it should listen she to. She meant her. it. No, anyway, she should listen to Monique. She probably, she probably didn't, didn't think that I would just drink the whole thing. Anyway, I got drunk, drank the whole bottle. That's a lot. And then I was just, you can tell the rest of the story. Because yeah, because Monique came, probably doesn't remember. I, don't, so, I definitely don't remember because I was unconscious. So I was at my friend's house uh, and we were having boys drinks, but it was like casual and we'll, it's a bit quiet down. We weren't like raving or anything. And I'm getting messages from um, a couple of Monique's friends. I think it was Heidi. Okay. Message me. It's like Monique needs your help or something like that. And then someone else messaged <laughs> the me. The first of many times. And then and then Tommy was messaging me. It's Tom, Tommy was Monique's uh, really good friend and it became my really good friend as well. And he's messaged me back and forth, very concerned. Yeah, good old Tommy. And so I got one of the guys because I didn't have my car. Drove us up, and this is like fucking like forty minutes, thirty minutes from where we, we are. Yeah, because we're at Sanford. Yeah, Bale. we're past Sanford. Yeah, isn't past it? Yeah. Sanford. And so I rock up to this party and. I don't think I had a shirt on because I was at the front guy's house and I've rocked up and they're like, 
who are you? And I'm like, it's me. And then like it's one of the girls, Kelly, or um, comes out and oh, Monique's down there. And I go, Monique's sitting at the end of a pool in a bra <laughs> with like a shirt thrown over her. And just sitting there on a chair. And undies. Yeah, and sitting pants. on a chair. And I'm just like. But it's a ring on because I vomited on my clothes and they had to put me in the shower. They had to take them off. Yeah. And so they had, they gave me Kathy's clothes and she's t- she was tiny. tiny. Yeah, yeah. She's like half my size. So I'm wearing like her shirt. Yeah. It's like bra. But, but the first thing, I'm like, I go to one of them. I don't know who it was because it why was very like. I'm like, why the fuck is she sitting on a chair at the end of the pool? And it wasn't even the close end. It was like the other end of the pool. Just by myself? Yeah, yeah. Just sitting there. Oh, well, there was people around, but like it was just weird. weird. Oh, why don't you put her in the house? <laughs> it was just in case they needed to throw you into bath you, I guess. So I picked my uh, hair, come and carried her, and then Tom, <laughs> Tommy's appeared. He's like, I'm coming. Tommy came with us. Did he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Tommy's in the back with Monique's Aww. head on his lap, like stroking her head while we're, while we're driving home. Oh, thanks, Tommy. <laughs> Are you sure, Tommy? Can? Yeah, 100%. Could not convince him not to come. He was Aww. very good. So, so it's me, Such Tommy, me, Tommy, Lucas, we've jumped in the car, driven back, Folded out the boys' couch <laughs> at their house, got a bucket, put my neck on. And then in the morning, I remember this bit. Okay, in the morning, message <laughs> Natalie. Wait, I, w- I wake up and I look up, and you're looking at me like <laughs> if anyone, if you know Trent and you see him angry, it's like he didn't even fucking speak. He's just like <sighs> he's like the tattoo on his back, like that face, like. <sighs> and I was like, what? Uh, where? What the fuck? I've like no idea where the fuck I am and why I'm there. But don't lesson lesson is don't don't do that, kids. Don't yeah. do that. And then a message Nat like, hey Nat, do you want to come pick us up and take us home? Pretend you've picked money up from the party. So Nat picked us up. I think actually Bo. Oh, was- I had to go back to the house because Mum picked me up in the morning. Did we have to go back there? You drove me back, and I had, that was must have been another party. <laughs> <laughs> you drove me back because Mum was picking me up uh, in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, Fair. there you go. So mum Sorry, mum. Up in the morning. Sorry, mum. Mom. Sorry, mum. Look, hey, look, mum. If you do listen to this, it's like at I least don't think she kid. will. Okay, cool. No, just clarify. At least we all supported each yeah, other. Yeah, well, therefore you taught us to look after each other. So we did. Yep. We just didn't want to yep. worry. She you didn't die. With that fucked up shit. Yeah, like we used to have parties all the time, and Dad always knew we had them because he comes back and goes, "The house is the cleanest it ever was." Because <laughs> we used to go up to Shannon's house <laughs> up the road and grab the steamer. It would steam, yeah. It would steam the because you just get sticky. Yeah, it gets. It sticky. would steam the whole house, and the only time I actually two times I got busted for a party, one was when a guy called Singe spilt um, Woodstock on the ground, and such a good memory. For some reason, Mum, there's no way you could forget this. Mum's like, I'm going to jail, but Mum left all the back then. You had to had tax documents were like paper. You couldn't submit oh, them. Oh, she left them on the pool table. She left them on the pool table because oh. for Mum, everywhere was just an office, and if anyone oh, moved it, it was our fault. And if you moved it, yeah. it's like you don't yeah, know yeah, how yeah. to put it. But we're trying to have a party, so we just put it under the chair. There was chairs around, and he spilled the Woodstock, and obviously didn't tell anyone, and just covered all these documents in Woodstock. Oh, and Mum comes back, and says, "I got a jail." Dad's like, "It's fine, just print them off again." She's like, "Got a jail." Got got to jail. So, so yeah, it was, that's Mum. And that, so that was one of the times. The other time was when um, Nat was uh, we some had the of the party at our house, and Nat. No, that was a different one. They didn't know about that. We'll get to that. But there was a Carney. Carney, Nat and her three of her Carneys rocked up uh, with – they did. They were Carneys. (laughs) Friends from the Carneys. I don't know what you call them. It's an Eka Showground. um, Carneys. They like it. I've asked them. Um, And me, Mark, and like I think Simon were just having drinks in a little bonfire and like, oh. At our house. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, we'll come hang out. Mm. Mum and Dad were away for like the weekend and you were at a friend's house. And um and I'm like cool so we got more timber and made this bonfire like 
it was like two meters by two meters and real high because no one used to call the police back then. It was just a mm. big fire. And um, Mark's dad came around looking for him because Mark didn't tell his dad where he went. Oh, booty! And then, and and then um, Mark's dad's like called dad. He's like, "Where's Mark with the boys? I'm real worried. This big fire." Dad just like called me and goes, "What are you guys doing?" I, go, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, maybe you're with mum and dad. But this whole thing is coming yeah. back. And then I'm like, I'm just like, oh, we're just having a fire in the yard, Dad, with some friends and some drinks. He's like, okay, just don't make a mess. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was Dad. Good old dad. So Dad comes back and he's like, oh, Trent, there's a massive fire hole in my lawn. I was like, yeah, sorry, Dad. Sorry about that. Mm. So, yeah, there were only two times. But in, any other time, Dad's like, oh, you guys had a party. I'm like, hey, tell you guys, because the house is clean. Like, uh-huh. if we go away and you haven't cleaned up, you haven't, <laughs> like, there's no reason <laughs> for it. It's kind of, okay, it's kind of safe to say if any parents ever go away, that their children are always going to have a party. Always. Yep. Always. 100% always. And if, and just Oca- yeah. Occasionally your little sister's house sitters have a party while you're away too. Oh, you don't remember that? Little sister's house party. Yeah, you, oh. you remember it was... Me. Yeah, Amy was house sitting for us. And she had Amy. a party at her house while we were away. My friend Amy. Yeah. I don't think she had Maybe it was Amy. No, what, the other one. The other the one. The one that looks like Amy. There's many friends. The, the one that was dating the Maccas person. You're talking about Sophie? No, look no, like Amy. no, not Sophie. The other person, Jasmine. Yeah, Jasmine house sitter for us, and she had like really? a gathering of you. Yeah, because I came home early, and they were like, Sophie and um, what's the brown haired guy she dated for a while from Macca's? Reese, the swimmer. Oh, I don't know. Really oh, good, yeah, yeah. tan guy. Really good. Had a little brother. Oh, I forget his name. We knew him. We swam with him. Um, she was in my. Oh, she oh was Scott. Like, uh, Scott. That's the older one. Yeah, Scott. So she Scott, Scott. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sophie was in my bed. There was like two people sleeping in your bed. Amy was asleep with someone in mom and dad's bed. Two people sleeping in Natalie's bed. Someone catches. I come home. I go. I walk in the house, and it's just it's. I don't actually mind if they told us. Come like drill every one of um, <laughs> our friends and. It's, fr- just, and it's like, just like popped up in my head. Just, I walked maybe in, you should. I've, 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 you should get them on the podcast so I've, they I've, can reveal their story. I've, I'm sure they'll have plenty about me. And I've walked in the house, and you should have seen the whiteness of of Jasmine's face. And I'm like, and Jasmine was in mom's. Yeah, yeah, and Jasmine's face is just like white. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And she's like, why are you back? And I'm like, why are the people in my fucking house? I go, get the fuck out. <laughs> and I walk in my room. I go, Sophie, I go, get the fuck out of my bed and get out of the house now. She's like, we didn't have sex in your bed. We <laughs> 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 didn't was, have sex. And, and the, that's it. And like three seconds, everyone's cleaned up and left. And like, I'm not going to bed now. Thank you. Pretty good. <laughs> Okay, maybe we should just let's stay away from anyway. It's just segueing segue, other people segue. and come back to our stories. Let's go back to um, so yeah. So growing up with me, like as a brother, uh, yeah. So yeah. we've rescued from one party. Yeah. Um, what's next? What's next is you got married. That was a big jump. You just no. jumped. You Fif- fif- uh, fifteen. Uh huh. Well, fifteen. You were three years. You 21. just literally jumped three years. Yeah. Because I feel like you jumped fifteen years, three years, <laughs> and, and thirty six. Yeah, next year we jump to next year and next part. Well, okay, because I'm thinking like, because my memory from when you graduated high school to when I was still in school, it was like you were just working. Yeah, pretty you were much. busy, pretty and much. you were so busy, and then all crashing your parties. Yeah, <laughs> so you were so busy that, and then I felt feel like. Then I got really busy just trying to figure out who I was being in high school. <coughs> and then that's when I started having boyfriends as well. 
And so I was spending a lot of time with them and then I was still doing a lot of sport and dance and stuff and you were just working. So I, I guess it was convenient that two of your boyfriends were, good, were good friends with me and worked for us. <laughs> like, <laughs> me and Adrian hung out like all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I feel like from 15 to 18, I don't really have any strong memories. I mean, I'm sure you have more memories than I do, but I feel like it was just you'd just come in, we'd say hi, we'd have a little talk and then you kind of – go back to work, and then I was just getting through school, you know. That's kind of – but this is the thing, like, I kind of only remember big things or, like, key things. I I remember um, (laughs) remember when you were in grade, I think, 12, 11, grade 11, 16, yeah, grade 11, and we were sitting in in my car in the driveway because you're having a real bad time. You started crying because you're worried about your marks and what you're doing with school. Really? Yeah, and what you're studying. And I'm like, Mm. and and I remember sitting there because it just came out of nowhere. I think I picked you up from work or something. You were in the passenger seat Mm. and you're having a rough time with mum. Mum was being a bit hard on you for your marks. Sorry, mum. Really? (laughs) Does it sound like mum? Yeah, no, it was just like, you know, I don't know, because I think you got a real bad mark on something and I think it was just like a trigger. Oh. Like I don't think it was anything real. It's just like a trigger, and I think it's like yeah, high school's yeah, coming to um, end. Ancient history, fucking such a hard subject. Never do that you unless you to, want to be an archaeologist. Or you some just have shit. to read books. Oh, that was the, the, yeah, it's just a memory game. That's probably yeah. why I sucked at it so much. So the chick who got segue, the chick who who was our school captain, she got the best mark in ancient history, and she got a B plus. That's just and probably you. you got, everyone else got C. No, no one C- liked minuses. your grade. That's all it was. Your grades was assholes. You don't even. You, okay. Do <laughs> I we like your whole grade. There? It's fine. Do your we want to go there? Your grade's lovely. Who did you? Yeah. Every, anyway. Anyway. Um, oh, okay. So Trent can go there for other people, but not for himself. Pretty I'm, much. I'm being polite and, and not <laughs> bringing presents to and, that energy and, and letting him slip. And, I, have, um, I have things. Can we go back to the real thing? I have things like I Go back say. to the, the deep personal <laughs> thing we talked about. Okay. And, and I remember. We're in the driveway. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I remember just, and you crying. And I'm like, I'm like, I have no idea what I want to do. I go, don't worry about it. That's it. And that was a conversation. You're like, oh, thanks. And you cried. We had a hug. And then you got out of the car. And I think I left. I don't think I lived at home anymore. I don't think so. You only moved out when you got married. I got, I moved out four, five, four months before I got married. So you married at 21? Oh, or maybe it was a year before. Maybe I was just going out because I don't think I was home a lot when I was home anyway. So if it was no. my – if it basically if it, was, if it was my night off work, I crashed at the boys' house. Like yeah. it, it's pretty much how it worked. Or – yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty much. <laughs> you are just having a fun time. Just getting real drunk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just escaping all those feelings. Um, okay. So that's four memories in uh, 18 years. Uh, <laughs> I know. How sad. <laughs> Um, so I guess adult, early adult life, really, you did a lot of traveling, um, for dancing and I just basically worked, uh, probably until I was 27. Um, so I remember when you first came back from, I think we got a picture of it when you first came back from Egypt, Egypt slash Euro trip legendary tour, which was great. Because you got evacuated to... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure what you meant by that. She, she, she was in Egypt, for context. She was in Egypt. There was a coup. Uh, and then so mum and dad paid for him to go to London. London, And then yeah. they just had to stop past, was it France? Yeah, and France and Singapore. And, and then, Singapore. And then come yeah, back. We just, just had to. So painful. Such a tough Such a life. struggle. Such they a probably struggle. planned the coup. Uh, <laughs> Actually... We didn't want to leave. Actually, because you, so, be- you didn't believe us. No, because I was dating an Egyptian guy. 
Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> so I was like, thought I was in love with this Egyptian dude. And if that thing didn't happen, I probably, we would have probably stayed longer. Yeah, well, As, yeah. good thing it did because e- so Egypt's it not did. real safe. Uh, no, I'm so <laughs> fucking glad it happened because I was in some fucking uh, not trance for, not or Not for all the people that died. No, no, of course that. not. <laughs> no, what I mean is the impact that that happened set, influenced my life to change and I stopped living in that country because of the, you know, riots. So if that hadn't have happened, I don't know how long I would have stayed there and what my life would have been like because it was actually fucked. Like we fought all the time. It was just actually such a toxic relationship. And um, Sounds like a real good holiday relationship to have. First, it, it was kind of – I think it, the reason it was, it was fun is because it had to be secretive. Yeah. And then it, and then it was like – but it was just actually toxic when, you, when I was in it. This has been a big Objectively, thing. it was you very know, different to subjective. It was just when, you're in, when I'm in something, it's hard. It was hard, not anymore, because I'm way more aware and conscious in what I deserve and what what I want. But back then, you're still finding it out, figuring it out. It was just like hard to zoom out and see what I was actually choosing and allowing. So, so um, yeah. So I remember the first memory you came back. Uh, we're in mum and dad's. Land. I think I, wore, I was wearing a white t-shirt. You had fudge hair. And that's when you first met Willow. Because remember? Because I wasn't here when she was born. Yeah, because you came back, I think, a month later. Because you you weren't here for Dad's 50th either. I don't know. No, you didn't, mate. You weren't here for the 50th. Yeah, you came back like. Okay, so we went away. I thought it was like. You went away. We were away for Louise's birthday. So that was in December. Yeah. December, January, February. And you're meant to be gone for three, for six months? It was supposed to be six months. Yeah. And it ended up being three. So I think. Yeah, Willow. So Willow's born the eighth, and you weren't here for that. Maybe, maybe you were here for Dad's fifth. Maybe I just missed um maybe Maddie's birthday, not Willow's. No, definitely weren't here for Willow's. Uh, you're here for Maddie's. Maddie's 2011. Okay. Yeah, you're here for Maddie's. Mm. But um, but yeah, the first time I met Willow was Mum Dad's lounge room. It's a picture of us pops up. I've got a shaved head. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're sitting on the couch, and you're. I think we. I sent you the other week. Um, but. Then uh, there's probably more engagement, I think, in the inter-family things once the kids sort of came on because mum and dad bought Sunday dinner yeah. and Sunday dinner was quite regular for us, which I think was really good. We don't get any more. Stop being lazy, mum and dad. Mum and dad wants to have – mum wants to have it. It's just that we're so busy. I think it's also that dad doesn't feel like doing all the work. <laughs> no, dad, dad loves it too. It's just that it's hard to get us all together because, you know, we all have such different schedules. And back then it was just we were doing less. And also the budget for wine is probably not as big. Um, but so pretty much Sunday dinner was dad would do like a roast or fish or, or like something big. Everyone would bring a dish or, or a wine. And but, but our family – I didn't bring a dish. No, but we didn't expect that. <laughs> um, I just received. Our, our, our family pretty much was like not just the four or five of us. It was like – Yeah, it was our friends too. We have an inter-community. So yeah. it's our partners. Steph is always there. Our close friend, whoever our close friend is dating. Yeah. So like it would be – Steph and her partner, and Chris, Chris and, Chris his, and his partner. Um, there would be uh, like dad's like long term friends and our family friends, like Dave and Christy and their kids would come, and yeah. then there'd be like guest appearances and stuff like that. It's so funny. It's like a full community. Yeah. So we used so to have cool. like twelve to sixteen people at Sunday night Not dinners. Massive. Yeah, massive table. Which was just lucky we were self-employed because you'd start at like five-ish and then finish anywhere between nine and and like eleven, and it's just mm. like wine after wine after wine. <laughs> I remember one of them. Nothing's way, much has well, changed. One of them on the way back, Sophie gave us a lift home. Me and Chris a lift home because okay. Barbara left early with the girls. And Sophie's driving us home and she had a new car the summer. Like, oh, let's test out the summer. 
literally stood up from a sunroof. Cops just like pulled us over. Get put, fined? No, no. They were weird though. They put us on the side of the road. They like made us sit on our hands. Didn't so threaten. I'm pretty sure. So, I can't remember if Sophie. Definitely me and Chris. So your experience. Thre- threatened. Wait, was it this police experience or was it another one? You're just getting confused because there's been too many. No, it's definitely this one. <laughs> thre- 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 threatened to uh, take Sophie's car under the new Hoon laws. And I'm like, look, it was my fault. She told me to sit down and I'm bigger than her. And I was like, I said, what are you going to do? And did it anyway. And she, they're like, oh. <laughs> then they're like, um, is this now a domestic the, the, violence? No, case? but they're just like, oh, we get back in the car, and Sophie's like, oh, thanks. I'm like, oh, I'm real sorry. She goes, no, I heard what you said. Thank you for that. And then they like come and tap on the windows and shine torches, like show us your arms, and they shine torches, like why? I think you're doing uh, drugs or something. Track marks or something. Oh, I don't okay. know. I didn't have tattoos back then, so, so you went white. I would, and I look like like no facial hair and like fluffy hair, so I just look like a yes, child, a little, <laughs> a little cute white boy. <laughs> um. Yeah, so that was our family dinner. So that was a big interaction. So I guess that was probably the most consi- – that and uh, probably New New Year's. Oh, yeah. We used New- to spend New Year's year, Eve together every year as a family since – I forgot about that. Every year, like since grade eight, I yeah. think we used to go away and uh, so many different friends and family Same friends thing. would come yeah. every year. We did that for – a. I Pretty feel hectic like sometimes. All the way up to I was 17 because I remember Reese Reese came away with us and I had a fake ID. I remember that And one. I me, got, you, Reese, and someone else went out and I had to I had to come back because I was me and Robin was drunk. Oh, Robin's yeah. Chris Robin's Chris was Chris's girlfriend. Just had a baby. Oh, um, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations, Robin. Um, Robin was too drunk to go out and I got this weird abdominal pain. I think it was – I used to drink a lot of energy drinks back then when I was baking and New Year's Eve was a busy day. Yeah. And I think I was just being dehydrated. And we're walking to the club. It was you, me, Barbara and the other three people. Yeah, Reese and Robin and Chris. No, they said Robin and Chris stayed back. Reese came. Reese and you had two girlfriends there. Oh. It would have been probably like Sophie Steph or something like that Mm. or Ange Steph, something like that. Mm. um, One of those. And I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm like, I need to go back to the room. And they're like, why? They're like, you didn't even drink that much. I'm like, I I imagine what it's like period pain, but times 10 because it's a man. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Exactly. So that's Um, why uh, we have babies. Literally, thankful for it. But it's literally like I just got punched in the stomach and it didn't stop punching. And I went back to the room and you guys went out. We stayed out. Yeah. Yeah. That was Reese. Oh, Reese was classic. Reese was great. Yeah, he was good, good, good value. I love Reese. Yeah. He was really sad because he really wanted to win wrestling that whole time. <laughs> it's like, oh. Don't you remember? We were just sitting floor and like just tackle me like on the no, ground. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember that. <laughs> Wasn't going to happen, Reese. Uh. Uh, but um, yeah, no, they were good. And we, I kept on doing, it and you did them on off over. Like, yeah, I started I, I've only doing missed, things with friends or partners or where I took well advantage of the fact that all my friends could come with mum and dad for New Year's and I have to plan a thing. So and replace fantastic. my friends the other yeah. four the other three or four bodies yeah, and replace yeah. eight of your friends. Yeah, it's pretty good. I think uh, our friends got a pretty good fucking ride as well. Yeah. I remember one year mum and dad made them um uh, pay and everyone was fine with it except for like one of the girlfriends. She's like, Why didn't we just get our own place? And the, and the guy turns around and goes because it's like five to fifteen hundred dollars a night, and you're paying fifty for both of us. And it's just like, oh, that's fair then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's real good. Um, so I guess, and that takes us up to so that's mainly our family interaction. So take it up to because what this whole I guess I'll tell you the series is about. This whole series is about all the different things that helped me through my recovery of mental health which is a forever thing, so still helps me, but helps also people understand the journey that the people on the other side of mental health goes through. So it, it's like the impact, the feelings they go through, the questions they had and have um, mm. that might come up. So we're going to get to that now. So I knew it. Uh, 
So uh, in, end of, end of, end of uh, July 2000. And Can I rewind for a sec? Yep. So when I feel like when you got married, yeah, because it was like I feel like we were like best friends and then when you got married I was like, oh, my best friend's gone. And then I feel like, yeah, there was this period where I just I think – I got, to, I got to yell at work at you each, like every Sunday for being late. <laughs> <laughs> Never late. Um, yeah, but it's interesting because I think that's a that's a um, would have been an inter- interesting time because I feel like there's a big gap between understanding your what you were allowed to share with others from probably like when you got married, not to do with the marriage, but. Just your, you know, thoughts and feelings, and I feel like I'm that whole big section I just missed, and I was like, oh, you know, but it's all good because he's got Barbara and he can share with her now. So it was like a moment where I was like really grateful that you had her because I just remember we used to have so many times where you'd come home and you'd talk to me and we'll just we'll just share and you'd tell me way too much information about the things you were doing and I was like, hey, stop, 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 stop! I'm your sister. Don't need visuals. Um, but you know, then I was like, oh, I really love Barbara. So, you know, I just was like, you've got her. And I guess there was a part of me that was just sad and I never expressed that because I just didn't understand how to do that back then. Oh, thank you. I don't know what else to say to that. (laughs) Just receive it and feel it. Um, Yeah. So it's an interesting time. Well, I do think it's interesting because like we probably – I don't think we replace feelings or replace – People or emotions generally, but I think it's they they move in a different direction without yeah, us realizing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Without without knowing, like it's not intentional. No, well, it's like I guess it's like when you when you just have a friend in general. Like when they get partners, we all get a little shitty with them for the first six months because we don't fucking see them. Every single friend that gets like and a new girlfriend or sadness. Yeah, because you because you because you well that's the miss thing them. you miss your friend. Yeah, and I then, missed you. And then and then you're like, oh. You, you catch up and it's just all fun and you're like, oh, you don't talk about the, th- the same things anymore because mm, they've already they've expressed the them. So then you're like, oh, maybe I need to find my old, my, my new mm. express mate yeah. for that sort of thing. It's a different can- bonding and connection uh, because uh, it's just not as vulnerable because they're probably being really vulnerable with yeah. someone else. And then six months later, they just start to express how annoyed they are with their partner. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that, becomes, that becomes the new thing. Yeah. Um, so um, end of July 2014 – I went to hospital for a suicide attempt and I saw you the next day with mum, dad and Barbara. Mm. I don't know. I, 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 don't, I guess no Do one. Do you remember? It, yeah, I remember everything. Which, oh, no, I that's, mean like those moments. Yeah. You feel nothing. So that's fine. It's like, not fine. It, no, it is because I think it's the only way to cope with it at the time. If you feel nothing in those moments, it's, it's more palatable and tolerable to progress. If you feel everything that you're – you're trying to escape feeling, you're not going to escape it. That makes more sense. I think just when you use the word fine, it's just not very defined. No, no, I use fine as like literally the use of fine. But fine means not good, not bad, right? Correct. Definitional? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you just Like fine, say, okay, nice, I but use them. It just them. can't help but to – sorry, I'm just segueing again. When people say fine, they're normally not. No, no, they're not fine. That's correct. That's what I mean. But I use those – I don't allow those words, okay, fine and nice, aren't allowed to be used in my clinic. And you can use because I use them exactly what it means. Like if you give me a drink and go, what do you think? I go, yeah, it's okay. Okay is the same thing. It's not bad. It's not good. Okay, okay. yeah. I know. I'm just mean for listeners. Maybe like no, if, I know if you. They don't fucking understand. That's their problem. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Trigger, <laughs> Um That's your work. 
but but yeah, so it was. Oh yeah, and I don't talk about because I think a lot of people are uncomfortable asking questions. That's why I'm going to make you I'm uncomfortable. Definitely used to be. Um, and 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 talking about it and stuff, and and, and or they'll ask little things, or like they'll be total opposite and ask really wildly inappropriate like aspects of of mm. things because they're confused and angry, which yeah. which is also understandable. Mm. So it was a Monday. Um, and I saw you on a Tuesday, which, and you bought me a little bag of protein bars, um, chocolate, and I think a magazine. Oh, young me is so cute. Uh, Wait, is this at your house? No, it's at the hospital. In the hospital. Oh, you skipped a bit. This, this was the first time I saw you was on Tuesday in hospital. You skipped a bit. There's no bit skipping. Yeah. No? Yeah. This was in Royal Brisbane Hospital. there was a, I know that part, there was like a... There was a in, there was a moment before that before you went to hospital. I said that where I tried to take my own life. No, when me, mum, and dad all came to your house with Barbara. I didn't know you were with mum and dad. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about the first time. That was like the first time that you had a attempt, or the first time that we got told about it. I can't even remember that part. Yeah, yeah, no, that was a bad way. No, that would have been March. Yeah, 2011. Uh, and that's when um, I had like a little mini breakdown and hurt myself and yeah. like spoke to Barbara. Barbara got real concerned. So she initially spoke to dad and then I think you, dad, I don't know if mom came. She did. did she? I don't remember. I was in my room. I don't think I came yeah, out. You were out. I came out after at and you end. gave me a hug. You came out at the end. Yeah. 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 yeah so I don't remember that. Um, you said you remember everything. No, I remember everything. With me. That was you. No, no, but I wasn't there for the conversation. Yeah, Barbara told me to stay in the room. She gave me a kiss and left me and then came out and talked to you guys. And And then you came out. Yeah, and came out at the end. That was kind of, can I share my experience? Yeah. That was kind of like. That's why you're here. Yeah, okay. Well, you just kept talking. (laughs) Yeah, I was just waiting for you to build up the passion. Okay. Um, Yeah, it was like, I remember mum sitting me down at home and telling me, I can't remember the words now, but something like, you know, it's really serious to have a conversation. Something's, you know, going on with Trent and, yeah, and I can't remember what wording she used but she said, like, you need to go over and see him and just be there for him. And then she must have said more, like, you know, he's he'd attempted to hurt himself or something like that. And I just mm-hmm. remember being so, so scared and sad and upset and um, just, like, yeah, I didn't understand because that's what I was saying before. It's like then I'm like, whoa! How did we? How did? How did we not see that? It's like how did we miss that? You're a good liar. You're a good liar. Huh? You're a good liar. Yeah. Yeah. How do we miss that? Those moments. Those indications. Those. Like, how did how did we not see that? And um, not to feel like sorry for ourselves, but just like it, it was just a shock. Like, it wasn't obvious. I didn't think it was obvious, and then and then yeah, I remember coming over and um, Barbara having a conversation with mum and dad, and they were kind of just talking about the business stuff and what to do with that and whatnot. And I think I was just like, whoa! And maybe you coming out, and yeah, you just you were very different. Energy was very different. Mm, little yeah. em- little empty boy. Yeah, it's um, really scary. Yeah, well, it's it was like a good year of just coming home and almost crying every day. Um, Stress all the time. I was working like from like midnight till like four in the afternoon, mm-hmm. like every day. Um, and then also then I pivoted into real estate where I still had the two bakeries to try and move my career across to someone's help. Yeah. And then I think like the biggest part of that is when I met similar, what I felt I think as a betrayal in someone that I put trust in, that was a real big trigger 
in, yeah. in my, my downfall as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's correct. So that would have been March because I closed the business end of March, start of April. Um, and I already sold the other one and walked out another one. Um, so that's how you uh, close three businesses in like three months. Real fun. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and then probably no one had anything else they like my behavior was probably normal or like probably more normal um, to onlookers, I guess, for the next three to six months. How did you feel though? Terrible. I was miserable. Yeah. Stressed, sad, anxious all the time. So you're just wearing like masks? Yeah. Yeah. It's what I'm real good at. Uh, <laughs> don't recommend it for anyone, but like just super good at it. Because you just, you, you, you just feel like – you're already and and it's it's not the case and this is conversations that people with mental health will always probably have with themselves regardless of what anyone tells them so that's something that's really important to understand is that you always feel like you're just burdening even on a good day so then when you're having a really bad time or you're just because you you just some days wake up and it is like it's what i imagine you getting hit like a bus would feel like if you could feel all the pain and all the pressure and all the force but not die or be injured and that's how you wake up someday. So you wake up heavy and sore and broken and, and, and down, but then you have to do your whole day. So the only way to make it so you don't collapse into a million pieces is make it so no one asks us if you're doing okay. Because so that's, that's what's true. everything. You just put it, put on the mask. You put on, okay, so I'm going to this place, yeah. put on a happy mask, put right. on the jerk mask, put on the yeah, selling mask. Hang on. But my question is, to get through all that, do you feel like you just suppressed all those emotions? So you just felt them. Did you did you just suppress them even with yourself at home, or were you? No, no. I'll come, if I'm at home by myself, I'd burst into tears and cry. There's yeah, many so days where I just come home and cry on the bed like a big, big baby yeah. boy. Yeah. Um, or I would express them in anger, which we'll get into with Barbara when she comes on. When, when she comes. I come home and like break things and yell and shout and and just be a terrible human once again. Um, and that's no, how it works because that, that's, you're, just, you, ter- that's you're sh- just having moments. That's fine. I don't need to bring out like a reaffirmation of who I am. Like it, it, it was, I was being a terrible person because my misdirection of addressing or trying to address my mental state caused my behavior to escalate in that way. Yeah, you were acting in terrible ways. Just weren't being a terrible person. I I, just, when I, I say terrible, that. when I say terrible human, it just means the state of that. It doesn't okay. mean literal. I, was, clarify, I wasn't drowning cats. So, um, <laughs> So, um, but yeah, so that was how I was pretty much every day up until July. Um, and the, th- the worst thing is, is which is a common trait, is the more successful I am, the more self-sabotage I'll do. So the less successful is, the more I can exist in that state without the mental um, accumulation, but when I'm more successful. So it was, it took longer for me in real estate to kick off where I thought it was. But then at this state, I had like just put two houses uh, under offer that were really, really above what was expected. One was a house that sold six months prior and it was like 30 grand more than what they bought it for six months earlier, which is really good. One was on like a busy main road and and really good price, like all these things, but it just makes me worse or made me worse. So, so your success <laughs> impacted you, made you feel worse. Because you can lose it again, right? Okay, so you were like, I have so much, there's so much more to lose. Yeah, well, I already – Already lost a lot. Up? Already, I, my plan was to be retired at thirty. 
that was already kicked out from under me. So there was a lot. Of, that's the only reason I committed to the bakeries the way I did and committed to work was because I had a plan. A lot of pressure. But all the plan was just based on money, nothing else. Yeah. There was no more development, no joy, anything else. No pleasure, nothing. Let, let go of all the things that kept me human. So stop playing football, you yeah. know, um, stop working out consistently, got a little mm. bit chubby. She can, I'll share Instagram pictures later. I do yeah. regularly actually. Um, so you can see like the effect that it all has when you let go of the things that anchor you mm, the things that and you love. support you and then you trade them for one you think you need. one thing that then like someone walks up which is the accumulation of everything you do and everything exists and goes haha and kicks it and then you've got nothing left to fall back on yeah. so um did you get contacted on the monday or tuesday by mum and dad or Barbara, or whoever contacted. I have no idea because although it was a really long drive from my house to the doctor's, to the hospital, to the waiting room. I was at lunch with a friend called Danielle, and I just got a phone call, and all that said was, I can't remember if it was mum or dad, but they just said, "Hey, something's happened to your brother. You have to go pick up the girls for us." They could have been a little bit fucking clearer. That was all they said that would have been mum. And I was like, <laughs> okay, and I. Thought maybe you had died. Could, could they start off with Trent's not dead, safe? Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. That's the thing. It's like you don't know what. And I was like, just in shock. Like, is he dead? Yeah. And then I'm with my friend. I'm like, I have to go. Like, pick um, the girls up. Hi, Dad's dead. I'm gonna take you. Yeah, so I had to go pick up Willow and Maddie, and yeah. we went back to our. Maddie house. was easy back then. Though. Maddie was only 18 months yeah. old. She was a little chunker. So then I went back to our house and yeah. the old Fenny Grove house. Yeah, yeah. And um, I just was just left in limbo for a bit because See, I didn't even know you got the girls. I had no idea. Yeah, what, yeah. I got the girls and I, they didn't really, you know, they're too young to really ask any questions. And I, I'm sure we'll ask a million questions. It's not about us. Yeah, just not about <laughs> us. It's just about the world and the environment yeah. and all the plants and animals and the birds. So that was distracted and I was just kind of like, I have no idea what's going on. And then. Because I think they were at the hospital being quite late. I don't think they left till night time. Yeah, I don't I remember. after that, it's just a blur for me. I don't really know what happened after that. Yeah, until I saw you in, um the hospital. Yeah, because that the night. The first hospital. Yeah, the first hospital. So that night we went to emergency. They they stitched, gave me some stitches. I went and spoke to this really nice nurse who's like mental health nurse. And then like, then I went up to, no, thank you. I've ate like a whole bag. Monique just offered me some cashews, which I love. They're like my favorite. That's so good. Um, but I ate a whole bag of maple cashews today oh. pretty much. And so I'm cashewed out. Um <laughs> Uh, they they then took me up to like the ward, which is literally like the grossest fucking place. Like no one should go. They need to redo the public health system for mental health. You walk into there's a security guard sitting on a chair by these swing doors. Uh, you walk into the left. There's glass walls where you can see the people that are danger themselves, and there's literally mattress and no sheets in this room. And like, are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Occasionally, the room that you had to. I didn't no, no, see no, the no. Room. This is to the left. So this is so you walk in. This is to the left. This is like so it's right in front of the admin desk, so they can monitor them. I think. Then there's like a communal food court and like a outdoor. The problem is a lot of the people there, why they would have probably had mental health. It was like, like a, so quite a, severe, like psychosis and well, things like it, that. No, do you think? it was a low socioeconomic. It was a way to be not be on the street or a way to escape something. Like it was because our system lacks something. If you, I guess you get committed to public health, mental health. You get a bed. You get. And then, um, so then I went to my room. I think I was in a room with six or eight people. I can't remember. Are you my, serious? Yeah, my room was. No, that's weird. Uh, what, just six beds laid out? It's just big room with like curtains, like sort of thing for Several, each. And what were you? What I think you? six or eight people. I was the first room on the right. 
and I laid down and I had a, um, I think the next day or someone, Barbara bought me like their first Game of Thrones book, which I read in three days and I don't read. So that's a real big achievement. It's like literally smashed it out. But, um, Can I ask you something? Yeah. So when you were in that, in that room, yeah. what was going on for you? In my head. In your body, in your head. Nothing. Numbness. Just, just Numbness. numbing. Yeah, I didn't eat the whole time I was there. Like Chris mm. and Ryan came and visited me on the second day. At that same month. How yeah. didn't you only stay there for a couple of days though? Two or three days. Then you I think it was two day days and yeah. like two nights. Um I don't that that yeah, I can't I don't fucking know. Um but uh yeah, Chris and Ryan bought me Maccas and if anyone knows me, I fucking love Maccas. Monique hated this because I would eat like Maccas every day. And you was, just had six pack. Yeah, it was the best. Motherfucker. It's the best. I don't know if it would happen now, but it doesn't matter. Uh, but uh yeah, so Chris bought me my double quarter pounder, which was one of my go-tos, and I took a bite out of I wanted to please, like to make him feel reassured that it was a nice gesture. I had no interest in eating it, and I don't think I ate it at the time. I just sort of wrapped it up and sort of put it aside. Um, but I, I remember that like it was such a nice gesture because he does know me, and yeah. for Chris to express himself is is not the easiest thing. Yeah, and so him like love. bringing me bringing my favorite thing, I was like, oh, I should take a bite. I should eat Aww. some of this to – uh, so yeah, Chris, Chris, and Ryan, so cute. Chris and Ryan were pretty quiet, which is, I just don't think they know where they're sitting and what to say. Yeah. And Barbara was there a lot. Poor Barbara. Um, it was probably the worst time for her for like a lot of things to do. Mm. Um, and then you weren't allowed phones and stuff in this one too. You weren't allowed electronic devices. So there's no way to contact me, but it didn't matter because I smashed my phone. Um, yeah, <laughs> this is the last iPhone I had. That's what I thought of you. Uh, smashed it on the bed head into a million pieces. Um, so Barbara had to figure out how to get me a new phone while I was in hospital. And then I remember, then I went to, do you remember the board meeting? So remember you, mum, and yeah. mum freaked out and like, like I think I was real, just really quiet. I didn't. Mum got real angry. At um, the people there? Yeah. Okay. Because it's so, so, cause obviously there's people. What, a, what was that about? I uh, just stress. stress. It's just stress. But like, so in this room and I just didn't care. In this room there was like a nurse Head of ward, a psychiatrist, psychologist, two students, and something. There's like eight people on the panel team. And then there was like me and my side. Um, and then mum's like, excuse me, quite frankly, this is ridiculous that how this is just being defensive, mama bear. Mm. And I'm like, mum, it's okay. She goes, no, it's not. Oh, no, it's really it's fine. Yeah. It's okay. Um, and then mum and Barbara then spent the next like day figuring out the best mental, private mental hospital. Yeah. So I'm going to add. So I remember coming there and there was like this kind of weird outside section. It yep. kind of was like felt like a smoker section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't, but it, that's, that's where they what smoked. It felt like. Yeah, yeah. It's like this strange kind of spot. Yeah, yeah. And I just remember, like, so from my perspective, um, what I was experiencing was just like, what the fuck are you supposed to say or do? And like, it's just so. And I remember Mum having a conversation actually before we came. She's like, I don't know what to, the right thing is to do in this situation. I don't really know what we're supposed to say or how we're supposed to act. And she's like, I guess it's just you just do what you feel is right. And like, you know, as long as we're there, that's the nice, the best we can do, you know. So I remember just, I think I remember it was there or at your house, but I was just, I just didn't know what the fuck to do or say. And but I just remember giving you a hug and just saying like. We need you here. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Thank you. And that was just like, yeah, it's like it's such a strange place to be in because 
obviously I've never been in that situation before, but it's like not wanting to like upset or trigger you more because of, you know, you're going through such a difficult time already. And um, I guess I'm really curious, obviously everyone's experience is really, really different. Um, We've talked about this a little bit. I'm curious from your perspective in these situations when you were there, like what did you actually feel like you needed? No, that's the thing. And I think this is – and like you said, like everyone's experience is different. And I I don't know if mine's driven by the fact that I have to overcome things myself or whatever it is. Before you – It's – Is that before you share, do you mean, or before you – Just in general. Um, like so, sharing for me doesn't always help. Um, sometimes sharing for me makes things worse. Okay. Um, sharing, sorry, is that because you feel like you relive it, or no? What, how does it make it worse? For because you? it's because then the the problems out there, and I I haven't resolved it. Okay, so if you haven't resolved it with internally, if you're not able to manage it with yeah. yourself, and you're just expressing, you feel like you kind of just it's just what's the point? What's the point right yeah. now? So for so for me, like. Um, Sharing uh, like emotional troubles like that aren't to do with my mental health are helpful because it allows me to share how I'm feeling with someone, which we, we do now. We, we have conversations. Yeah. Um, I like that. So, so that, that's fine for me. But like my mental – because the problem with like my mental health is there's no – there's an accumulation of, of sadness and stuff, but there's no cause for it. It's just always been there. So there's nothing to share. So ever since I remember being like 12 and just sitting under trees and just feeling like overwhelmingly sad, like in a cartoon where the guy's walking and rain comes on them, mm. things like that. So it's just always existed, but there's no reason. Like you, like you know, we had a ridiculously easy, good upbringing. We the did. worst thing was if we decided to get anything that's a burger from a place, mum would make us swap the bread. Yeah, I don't remember bike. this bitch. You I think – so, so that, and yeah, so that's very, a, very good. Upbringing, so there's, yeah. there's, there's nothing to share. So when I'm like having a day where don't put your finger up when I'm talking, I'm like, Pushy. um, so like if I wake up with that truck feeling yeah. for me to go, Oh, I've woken up with like a truck feeling. All I've done now is make people. And, and this is a big next part of how, and this is why I'm doing this because about how people around the person can handle and deal with and what they're feeling and validating and helping them understand is yeah, it's really important. If I share the truck thing, everyone's like, Oh, you're okay. Constantly, constantly. And it's just not it doesn't add help or add value to that sensation yeah i think that yes monique yes i can go (laughs) i think that definitely back then that would have been how me and many people would have reacted but i feel like there are particular people that can be sovereign in themselves and receive those kind of thoughts and feelings and emotions. And I just say that because I've been around many circles where people have said, you know, I want to take my own life and I wish I wasn't here and things like that. Mm -hmm. And it's just knowing that that's like a part of them and that's a big part of you that's been around for a while by the sounds of things. And it's like, I think it's just building, my perspective is building communities and and relationships with people who aren't going to try and fix you because, you know, that's not – an external thing like it's just like you said something you get to be with and experience and manage and get to know more in depth about yourself so i believe that you know there is a purpose but with specific people that can yes. actually just hold that yeah. pillar and not 
Monique just put her hand up to me, stop talking. No, no, that was actually <laughs> me holding the pillar. I'm like, this is the pillar. Hold the pillar um, of like unconditional love without yeah. trying to actually change your state. And and, and, and that's what the, the, I guess the understanding for it is like, is like a lot of people I know and that I talk to because we talk about, I guess it's like when you're one of us, like it's easy to sort of talk because you don't have to justify it. Right, yeah. um, and and that's the problem because the, like going back to that cult thing at the start. If anyone's still listening, <laughs> uh, going back to that cult thing at the start is like when you're inside it, you just understand it, just makes yeah. sense. But outside, because it's not normal to other people, it's perceived as will behavior, and that's where the whole thing is. I get it. You know, after five years, like why are you still sad or, or like all the all these things. So yeah. for us, for me, like so when I'm in a bad way, the things that make me feel better are my routines because my routine connects me with feelings of what's not bad. So that's like, I think I did a post done a couple of times. Like if I'm having a real bad day, I'll go sit in my coffee shop. I'll go do gym exercise. I'll play a video game. I'll eat something nice food. I might go clothes shopping. Like they're things that resonate with me. Like that make me feel good. I mean, you say that when you're not doing those things, that's when the mental health slips or I'm not sure what word to use, but you feel like um, a greater depth of sadness when you're not looking after yourself. Cause all those things Correct. you just said, so that's, so that's the, well, that's my first day. That would be like, if I wake up hit like a bus, that's sort of a routine I'll go to. That, that, that's yeah. like a crutch, right? Like as in like uh, for people to understand that's a like walking stick. Um, <laughs> like that's like my walker. And if I do that, and then if that doesn't work, then I'll try it again. If that doesn't work, then I need to change or, or address it, which usually I'm really good at. Occasionally, even still now, is mental health pressures and gets worse. And when you get into a certain state with your mental health, is you don't want to fix it because that's part of the mental health part. That's the trap. So if you get too sick, too tired, too run down, it traps you in that sensation of where you desire to be sadder and you desire to be worse. And that's the danger spot for me and that's the danger spot that exists. But right now, like if I'm having a sad day, I just grab a good friend, um, we'll get like, you know, chips or a beer or, or coffee or whatever it is and just like listen to music or just chill out, you know, not do anything or like um, – I'll just lay on the bed and Barbara play games on a phone or like do a gym workout with nostalgic music and not talk to anyone and just be in the zone of music with exercise. So they're things that I can do that do help. Do you feel like those things reconnect you to yourself? They they do. They do. It's like a record skip. They can skip. use as both. They could be an avoidance and it can be a reconnection. Correct. If I'm doing it too much. So if, I, if I'm three weeks on and I'm playing angry music and exercising every day and, like and drinking it. alcohol every day, then yeah. they haven't worked. I'm falling into that trap. Yeah, it's just avoidance. Yeah. So... Um, I forgot what we were talking about. Um, we were talking about... <laughs> fuck. Segway. Massive segway. Um, so, uh, da, da, da. We're talking about... Hospital. Hospital. Um, you, how you felt. Oh, okay, so then I moved to Tawong Private. Mm-hmm. I don't Can know I have a question before we go there? Yeah. With you, your get there, you, you have question time, but yeah, of question time. Should I go. wait? No, you can ask. Go. <laughs> um, so I don't know an awful lot about mental health, but like from the brain perspective... I guess I just have a quite a. I would say I'm more in touch with the emotional in body uh-huh. understanding of emotions and yeah. how they move through our bodies and how we process them and you know how that impacts us. So I guess, well, like from my understanding, there is different types of mental um, of depression, right? Mm-hmm. So there's chemical imbalance mm-hmm. and then I guess there's another few other types or like is it just tra- trauma triggers 
So um, what's your specific? Don't have don't have an answer for that. They don't know. They've done like the brain scan. They've done the hormone scan. So what, they did. I haven't got any childhood trauma. No, it's just it's just. Because how do people how do people say oh I have a hormonal. Uh, because they're seri- properly, and you know, okay. like more studies now come out about, like you know, like you you look at people that are sad, bad skin, red face, pot belly, and their mental health's down, which is statistically like males forty to fifty, mm. because it's poor diet and lifestyle, yeah. which creates stress, which spikes cortisol. But relating it back to yourself, because you were saying that they've they've their brain chemicals are imbalanced, so they've done a test on that. Is that something that some doctors do? They test um, the, the chemical was in your brain? Don't know specifically. Couldn't give you an answer. Or is it just an issue, assumption? To be honest, because it had nothing – it doesn't – it didn't have anything to do – because I did – you suggested the hormone test, which they did. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, you asked the doctors so about my estrogen – See if estrogen imbalance. I don't know. Maybe because I was such a rig, you thought I was on testosterone or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah, because that has an impact as well. It, it does, but um, low testosterone. So they they tested testosterone, estrogen levels. Uh, did blood works. I got an MRI. So I got that fun dye injected to me. Dad drove me down to the. This is when I was in the private one. So they did a lot more tests. They did no tests in the public one. All in yeah. the private one. Um, so I did the MRI. So I went down did the brain scan, the MRI, things like that. Had a psychologist, psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. I was on medication at the time um, in the hospital, which changed several times to several different things and doses changed several different times to several different things. Um, so for, for me, it, I guess in a perfect world, the professional or medical people would desire me to be always on antidepressants. Mm, but Many people are. Yes, correct. Life. And nothing's wrong with that. Nothing's wrong with yeah. that at all. It definitely makes yeah. living a lot easier in the sense of how you feel whelmed and overwhelmed um, and stress and mm. triggers and stuff. But for me, I have a big definity behind myself and my capacity that I need to try to do this myself because if I can't do it myself, then I can't help other people get better in their mental health state because it means that we always have to depend on societal needs for our, yeah. for our head. So yeah. I want to basically, and that's why I do the things I do, is to try to figure out you know, like why we look at like a recipe of a cake, it's like this much salt, this much mm. sugar. And stuff. Like what if there is a lifestyle recipe that regardless of how shit our head is or how shit our mental health is, is that we can adjust the sugar and the salt and that gives us still the right cake in our head to make. I definitely think there is. So that's my thing. But the problem is, is that, and that's a, that's probably a real big accountability one for me if my mental health gets real bad because I can give myself the reverse psychology of like, it, you know, like friend, if you become suicidal or kill yourself again, then you just proved everyone that you, you know, you can't do it. I was like, oh, fuck, oh. I can't have that. Oh, it's like a, a good, trap. You've got yourself <laughs> in a good, good trap. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Um, so, yeah. But um, uh, so, yeah, don't know. Um, if you look at like the way that psychology works and mental health works is that, Males are more likely to attempt suicide if they've had three traumatic events before they're 30. Uh, I had those. Yeah. Uh, but I have no childhood trauma. I have no sexual abuse trauma. I have no PTSD. I have no um, profounding impacting things. Yeah. You can, know. can I add to that? Yeah. Yeah, so it's like you didn't have – because a big, a big thing with like traumas is there's mini micro traumas. Correct. And so like as you know, everyone has them but you're saying there's no – one impactful moment that triggered this onset is it for me there was no one no it one. was for, for me it was just like it for, for me 
this is based on statistics. Whether it was that or not, I think it just added to my plate. Um, but it's like for me, obviously, it's like I had three businesses. I had none. I had real estate, had none. I went bankrupt. Like all these things, which are like yeah. big things that you never think you're going to exist or never going to yeah, go so through. So later in life, it was just a consecutive series of yeah, big events. Of that like, and I didn't have the balance you. in my mental health at that state. Yeah. So maybe if at the age of 27, I was like 23 year old Trent, which I still define as probably my healthiest me. So 23 year old Trent only drank every like you know couple of weeks on a Tuesday exercised every day, played football twice a week. Like I was healthy, fit, did things with my partner, you know, like I wasn't avoiding behaviours. And then when I added more to my plate, I had to drop stuff, right? Yeah. So maybe if 27 or Trent kept that pepper and salt and sugar and balanced, it wouldn't be as traumatic. But because I didn't have the capacity to be resilient in those moments, I, I didn't. So you you then do quick math and it's – one plus one is the burden you are on everyone. That's how it works in your head. Mm. And then you're like, let's let's just make it easier for me and easier for everyone else. Yeah, so it just goes down that way. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I feel like the biggest piece is external. Uh, the biggest piece for. Say pretty much everyone at some point in their life is expecting that external thing to bring them the joy, the happiness, the mm-hmm. the love, the success, insert whatever you want, and not finding it within. And so it's like when we, like you said, you stop doing all the things that you love doing that were good for you that you felt good with. It's like because you're chasing that external thing, mm-hmm. and that is when mental health can become more serious for people because really when you get that, especially high achievers, you know, when you get that and you're a high achiever, like when you get that hit of that thing, it's like, what's next? Okay. What's next? What's next? And some people in my close self included high achievers, just really good at pushing ourselves to do things and to try new things and to be successful and try this hat, this hat, that hat. And it's just so exhausting to keep up. And it's like when we're always chasing, it's like we're just really not being. And so it just creates such a big gap with who we were as a child to who we become. And then looking back when you do stop, it's like, whoa, what, what, like what the fuck? Mm -hmm. And that, and that impacts people so heavily because, you know, we're never going. We're never going to get what we want when we get that thing because there's always so many more things we can go for. So it's like you said, finding that I would word it in finding that own inner joy, happiness, and thing within ourselves. That when we do lose those external things, we don't feel like we're left with nothing because we have created such strong foundation internally that when things are taken. We've still got ourselves and we've still got all the things we love about ourselves and all the foundations and successful things we've built within like taking the time to get our know to get to know ourselves and to love the aspects of who we are rather than just of what we've got. Yeah. I feel like that's a really important yeah. piece. No, definitely. Yeah. Definitely agree. And I think it's also why like I always ask the question is like, why is a billionaire still working? Because what what the fuck are you got left to chase? Go live, go live and relax and enjoy, or ch- make change, sort of thing. But it's that thing, right? You're always chasing more because it yeah. doesn't matter. The hit, the dopamine yeah. hit of that. Next I'm, thing. I'm the best. I'm better. I'm doing best. You can't do this. Then I do yeah. this. 
bigger car, bigger house. It's, it's you talk about every, it all the yeah, time. Yeah, and then it's, you have to get the next best thing, the next best thing. Yeah, then and, and you know. I, I, yeah, yeah. I said it. I said it's like there's 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 a few things. Like one is if all you want to do is go fishing on the weekend, have beers with your mate, go pack shelves in Woolworths because that's the least stress you're going to have in your life. Mm. You know, you, you rock up to work, you do your seven and a half hours, you're adding and helping people. And then you go home, your phone's off. It's like the, you don't need to chase that quarter million dollar job to drive a fancy car because you're probably going to have the same amount of cash in your bank after you pay all your, your leases and your suits and things like that. And saying that, obviously, that's quite the two extreme ends. Yeah. But it's like I feel like the message in that is do what you actually want to do because yep. you're not going to enjoy your life if you're chasing something for someone else, yeah. especially like if you think this is going to give someone else something, you're not doing it for you. So you're never ever going to be fulfilled. And it's always that rat race. And so many people are just trapped in that rat race of talking about how busy work is and talking about how much they need five coffees and, and how much they, Oh, I can't wait for the weekend. It's like, that's not the life everyone actually wants to live, but it's actually having the courage and the truth with yourself to make conscious decisions to change that life. Because that is not what those people want because otherwise they'd be saying, yes, I can't wait to go to work. I love my life. I love this. And it's actually, that's not, that's well, not the truth. It's like, well, people always talk about like oh, making more money and stuff like that. And like, I get people on the table all the time and they talk about, you know, making this. It's like, I will probably never make as much money as I did when I was like 24 years old. Mm. Like, and I'm a hundred percent fine with that. I'm like, I had 34 to 40 something thousand dollars going to my bank accounts a week. Wow. And I had like 60 staff and then three bakeries and, mm. and you know, like. You're holding a lot. And then like having that, I'm like, I don't want that again because everything that came with it was nothing. I never saw my family. I, don't, I didn't have anything. You just filled it with stuff like, mm. like the coping mechanism, coping mechanism, buy more shit. Buy more things for them. Buy more shit for myself that I never used. And yeah. You remember when I moved out of home, um, how much clothes I had. I mean, there was like five garbage bags. I remember Sophie's boyfriend, or no, it was Sophie's boy. One of the guys came through and was like going, because mum's like, come oh, going, going through and taking through clothes. my clothes. Because I would literally yeah, wear you, clothes, just throw them on the fucking floor, buy new clothes. Like all the, t- all the time. That? No, it's still sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Shh, don't, you were in no cameras room. in the room. <laughs> um, it's like a very clean room. There's not unfolded towels or unfolded clothes Love anywhere. Uh, well, it's subjective. Uh, <laughs> Um, so mm. I think that's a big thing. But what we're going to jump to because there's time that – limited time where people will listen to a message. Yeah. Um, so part of the story is like – so my coping mechanism. So first I want to talk about one of the things, and I don't think you're aware of it, um, like what – aware of the impact. Well, one of my coping mechanisms from when I got out was reconnecting with who I was, which you helped me with you and your boyfriend at the time. Jason was a super big helper. Love you, Jason. Uh, Jason's no longer with us. Um, was that they were PTs uh, and Monique yeah. just got a PT thing. So Jason had a program called uh, Reformer 2. Was it Reformer? Yeah. Uh, Recomp. 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 Yeah, yeah. Reformer's Pilates. Sorry, guys. should know this. Imagine uh, Jason doing Pilates. <laughs> no. Oh, it's not a machine big enough. Jason was like 115 <laughs> kilos and was six foot five. Um, so Jason was nice enough to for free set up my Recomp and I'll come in. Um, and when he got me a membership at the gym, so I'd come down on Fridays yeah. uh, with mum and the girls. So this is Arnie when he got to see the little monsters. Yeah, that was so Friday fun. Was I loved fun. those times. Quite often when he was mistaken as my wife and they're her children, which yeah. is fucking weird. <laughs> uh, 
Um, That's why I dyed my hair pink so no one tells us together anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'd come in, um, I'll do my little workout um, and then I'll try to get down more regularly as I could. I didn't have a car. I was in like, you know, rebuild mode. So it was really limited to me using mum's car at the time. That's uh, why you came up together. Yeah. So we used to come yeah. Friday because mum would get trained by Monique and I'll train myself and like occasionally Monique would pop up and say hi or we would mm-hmm. have a training session together. Yeah. So that was a real big help and I really appreciate that. I don't think I ever thanked you um, because that helped me to start exercising again. I think I did for about six months. Um, and then we did yoga together as well. Got your yoga Yeah, membership. you did. Yeah, we did yoga for three months. Like I think together. it was six months. We, uh, before I started uni because I started uni had to stop. So it was from like, yeah, it was. It was from like July. It was that um, raw was yoga, really raw power yoga. We used to go like three, two or three times a week. Yeah, we'd do like a yin and a, a power one. And that's when I was bowling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was really good. I really enjoyed that. Man, that's where we met Mandy, who's also a delightful human. Yeah, I love Mandy. Mandy does, what's her thing called now? Something, she helps um, women with yoga. Um, I follow her on Instagram. She does like, uh, she helps females from, I think, bad circumstance with, through oh. yoga to help. I, like, that um, last time I saw her was at you, the, in your first like in-city breathwork thing. Yeah, me and Burr collaborate. Yeah, well, I where, helped Burr. Where Willow won a yoga mat. Oh, okay. That was on me collaborating yeah. on. Yeah. Um, so that was a real big help and I really appreciate it for that because that helps me connect with one of the things uh, that, that, that I like in my life, which is lifting heavy things and dropping them. Dropping them, putting <laughs> them back down. Putting back, no, dropping Drop. them. Drop. Um, so that was good. So I appreciate that. So I guess. You're welcome. Um, now is, there's there's two things that I, I just want to end with and cover is, at the time, what is the question you wanted to ask or wanted to ask that you didn't ask or if you haven't asked, if you have, you can say you have asked them. Um, and what do you want to ask now? Clock is on. That's really hard. Um, I think there were so many questions that I didn't ask, and um, I think it took me a really long time to talk about it with you because I just didn't. I think, okay, so I think that. It's not like one specific question that I wanted to ask. It was kind of all of the fucking questions and didn't know where to start, how to ask you, didn't want to be – I didn't want to be a burden, burden to you. So it was doing what you were doing in the first place. Like you didn't want to be a burden to me. I didn't want to be a burden to you. And I was just like, okay, fuck, well, what if I say this thing and then it makes it worse I think is the biggest thing, um, is a big piece that come kept coming up like – I don't know what to say. I think that was actually was really present. I don't know what to say. And I think that, um, yeah, back then I think that I really was, I was going on my own journey of really working out how to express myself and how to, to share how I feel with like family and partners. So in like that intimate relationships where people mean a lot to me, I didn't really feel comfortable to express myself. And so I think I, I think I just, I actually don't think I had a specific question. I think I just really wish that I was able to express how much I loved you and how much you meant to me. And like for you and to not break down and be the one sad about saying that because I didn't want you to be strong for me. I wanted to be strong for you. But 
because I f- was just am a deep feeler. Like it was really hard to even just say anything without being upset. And then you were just so kicked together externally. I felt like, fuck's sake, here we go. He's comforting me when I want to comfort him. <laughs> so I don't think there was one specific thing. Um, I think because I – this is a bit of a long one. I think that um, the reason there wasn't one specific question is because I think I just have a greater understanding now of what you've been through and you we've had conversations now of what you would like and you've expressed that because I have asked. So I think, a, I think, okay, I think a good question would have been, stop laughing at me. <laughs> it's because I'm cute. A good question would have been, Because okay, a good question would have been, what is it that you need today? Do you want to go somewhere? Do you want to go do this? Because I remember you saying to me, like, all you really wanted was just to do, like, just to kind of, you didn't want to talk about it at the time. You wanted just someone to, like, ask you to go hang out or go to the shops or go do something. Yeah, pretty so, much. So it's like, if I'd known that, I would have just been like, hey, um, because I think I was just so un- unsure of what to say and what to do that I probably – I don't know if I avoided. I'm not sure. I can't remember. Do you feel like people what? avoid you? Do you feel like no. it's a little bit of like uh, – You mean after or after. before? Do you feel like after? No, not really. Cause not I don't avoid, th- but I like – I don't think a lot of people still – Like the bit emotional distance. Unders- understood. Yeah. So there were people definitely that were – like every all the guys that visited me in the hospital – Literally, none of them ever asked me questions except for Tommy. Have they are and, and to this day, uh, you no, know, no, no. Well, well Tom, you know, Tommy needs us. to know answers. So Tommy yeah. asked Tommy asked every question, all That's questions, because he he, which which hopefully when he comes on, we can we touch on. But he mm. he need to understand it because he said to me, and which I tell him is an idiot all the time. He said to me, he goes, "How the fuck if you can't get it together, am I meant to get it together?" So I think when it happened, I hurt Tommy because he he thought that because of the mask I wore that I was this successful. He's pedestalling you. Yeah, and, and then he's like, because life's hard, and he's like, if Trent can't can't do it, how the fuck am I meant to do yeah, it? So it's like taking you off the pedestal and bringing you back down because yeah. you're just human like everyone but, else. But what I what I said to him is, I go, what you understand, and which I tell Tommy all the time, I go, you do understand that that what you do and what you achieve is so incredible and I'm so proud of you all the time. Like you don't need to compare or, or, or look at me like that because I look at you and think how great of achievements you don't always have because he always has. He's always – Tommy has always worked very hard and he yeah, gets he what he really wants. Yeah. Um, but he is probably the only one of my friends – asked any questions? That ask any questions yeah. except for like you okay or John Mackers mm-hmm. um, because he, I think he wanted to understand it. Yeah, and I think that was the thing where the other guys just didn't. I think I don't know if it made them uncomfortable. I know they had conversations together because I've heard like the those parts, um, but you, I I just I just don't think like you said they knew yeah. what they could ask. Well, when what re- the reality is is they should know that anyone can ask me anything at any time. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't matter. That's the thing that comes up is like is is that story? If I say this, what if he goes and kills himself? Yeah, what well, the, the actions of me are never your your. Your, yes, of your course, response. but th- I think that's the thought train. Yeah, of course. But so that's like for you to obviously, I don't probably already know, but like for people listening as well, like that's going to come up and you're going to think that and it's just 
something to come back to is because I know I went through that. I remember when you did try to to take your life, you would try to get me to come out um, to party with you the night before. Yeah, and I said no. It's two, two, two nights, two, two nights yeah, before. Very close yeah, to, yeah. And so there was a moment of of like, if only I'd just gone out. No, so you see, and, and hey, hang on, oh, I'll, I'll go, I'm, I'm interrupting. No, because I'm, I'm going to sh- clarify. Yeah, no, no, I'm interrupting. Then you can go back to it. We as people going to say the same thing. Probably. And this, this, this isn't like, and, and it, we are so self-centered not in a bad way that we think oh, we're, yeah, for sure. we think we're so important that what we actually do impacts people. In every second. So let me put that in into context. I'm screwing my face up right now. Yeah, she is. She, she doesn't like, get where um, She's like, fuck you, Trent. It does impact people, uh, but I get where you're going. No, Keep so, so like there's a place called Savoy next to us at New Farm, a great coffee shop owned by a little family. Um, unfortunately, the son of the family took his own life. Okay. We would have been like 15. I used to be a role boy and I used to go out and have coffee with dad. This boy used to chat to me like, but like just as much as any other fucking barista or waiter would. Mm. And when I found out it happened, I'm like, oh, imagine if I became his friend and, and and we hung out, I would have stopped him because I thought I was so fucking important in the sense that don't, it's not in, it's not having a go at myself. Stop putting your finger up. No, I don't think having a go at uh, myself. I just wanted to add something. Um, I'll let you finish. Then I'll go. Thanks, Kanye. <laughs> um, um, it, it, it's that we we just feel guilt because we didn't see it like you said earlier. We feel We feel guilt because we didn't, we, we also don't realize how fragile life is. That at any moment that there could be a, a out of the million people listening to this podcast, one of them's gonna million. one of them's gonna take their life. Yeah. Right? Like in and, and the podcast will have nothing to do with helping or preventing that, unfortunately. But yeah. what the the point of these these this is now because is to help the people around, like you said, like when you said before, what could I have done to help? Mm. For me is anyone that tried to fix me, I would have an aversion to you because you can't help that. Yeah. But if you just like the common word, you, you just hold space yeah, hold without space. trying to fix me because the hardest thing for people around someone that's sad most of the time is just to not want to know the answer because yes. we want to know. Like someone dies, I oh, had the die. Uh, there's a car yeah. crash. We drive past. We want to look because we're just so we're like a cat. We just want to know answers, but there's yeah. no there's no resolution it, it, to that. There's so no knowing reason. answers just makes people feel safe. But it's like it's not about you in those yeah. moments. You don't need to feel safe. What difference does it take to know if I see who dies in that car accident or doesn't? But we still we still try to look because yeah. then we can feel important in a conversation. Oh, I saw this horrendous car accident, mm. or you have that added to life. But there there is like for me, there is nothing anyone could have done specifically um, in that day or that moment or that week yeah. um, to, to, to help that as far as not locking me up, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, which essentially happened anyway. Uh, can I add? You can add. Go. Add away. Go. Okay. Um, for sure. And so back then, so what, what, is this, you said, eight years ago? Um, quite, quite a long time 2014, seven so seven yes. years ago was the first experience of nearly losing someone that I deeply love. And I think that, as you said, it's just a part of being human. Like you're going to feel those things. People are going to think I should have, I could have, I wish I, and, and that's part of the human experience. And like you said, we are self-centered beings and we should be, you know, it's our life and we get to live it however we want. And two parts, yes, yes, no one can impact someone to change 
their life unless they're actually physically there taking whatever they're doing to themselves away. And it doesn't mean that you don't have an impact to those people listening. It just means that in my, my belief is. You're not responsible. Yeah, so everyone's responsible for themselves, which is a really hard thing to swallow. And when you do swallow that, it's like you can relieve yourself of so much guilt, shame, and pain. You might inst- you might feel it momentarily, but then it doesn't last as long as holding it to your heart and continuing to remind yourself of what you thought you should have done. And um, I had something else. Go on. That's okay. But like two things, you are responsible for your children and your animals if you're listening. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> so you do um, still have to feed your kids and you can't just go around being an asshole and go, ha, huh, you're not my responsibility. Yeah. Oh, got it. <laughs> yeah. And so, but, and to add, to, and to just wrap that up, it's like, I believe, yeah, I believe that we're all incarnated into this life. And so my belief is that everyone kind of already has like a soul contract and a plan and we choose that ourselves. So everything that we call into our life, we're manifesting for ourselves to create an experience, to live our life a certain way. And that's a really hard pill to swallow because a lot of people want to blame everyone else for everything and not take that responsibility that they're creating their life. And we're all creating the collective life, but individually we're manifesting these experiences to feel. And so when we have things come to us, it's because we've actually, in my opinion, we've created that. And so we're the law of attraction. We're attracting that to feel something, to receive a gift in that experience. And you might not see the gift straight away, but eventually that gift will unravel. And like, you know, for yourself, it wasn't a gift to want to kill yourself and take your own life and leave your family alone. You're, the gift is now that you're here and you have chosen to be here and commit to being alive – that you get to impact other people. And that does, obviously, as we just spoke into, they might still take their life, but you've still impacted them in a way that you would not have it, have impacted them then if you chose a different path. So believe that strongly that everything that happens, happens because we've chosen it. And if that triggers you, it's like a really good invitation just to Look at where you're not taking responsibility for your own life. And you can message me and I'll tell you when Monique lives. Uh, <laughs> we can have chats. Um, but, yeah, all right. So is there anything that you want to ask me now today? She's picking her nose. Just give her a sec. I'm not. <laughs> Actually, think a. This is a good question just for everyone. Yep. I, I Not specifically just for me, but I think this is really helpful for people who are maybe have someone around them that has depression or any kind of serious mental health or just wanting to take their own lives has been something that someone close to them has said. Um, can you explain in your experience in that moment What are you thinking about? When, when you want to die. In that moment when you're about to take your life, what's coming up for you so people can understand? Um, so I, I guess there's been, there's been a few. Uh, but Maybe just in that, the last so, one. So the, the, I guess the big turning event one, um, I went home. I took my clothes off and folded them over a chair, which I don't do, which is weird. Uh, I'm looking at you like that's weird. Yep. I wrote on the door, do not open. 
to my bedroom door. Uh, I wrote, I read a story on my laptop and recorded it for Maddie. Um, I recorded a video for Willow on my phone, but I broke that. Uh, and I also recorded a message um, to just like the general people not to feel bad, which is also gone because I was on my Um So for, for me, it was very much it, – it was like a down-regulating thing. Um, <clears throat> I then – you feel scared, uh, very, very, very scared because um, you don't originally – well, I didn't. I shouldn't say you. Uh, this is me. You say I. Um, so – uh, anxious, uh, scared, unsure. Um, but mainly for me, the reason I was scared and unsure is because of the consequence, not for myself, but the consequence of everyone else. So for, for me, I have a big checks and balances thing about myself. And I still do. I probably always will. And it's the consequences of the person that found me, my daughters growing up without a dad and then like thinking their dad didn't love them, um, like all, all these other things. So all those things go through your head at – so my brain already goes a million directions, a million miles an hour in every way. It's very confusing. But then goes and goes and goes and goes uh, and then felt nothing. And then felt everything and then called my wife and asked her to come home and save my life. So that was pretty much how it went. Um, uh, and then numbness and then realisation that now everyone, everyone around you now knows that you're sick. Um, and then you go, oh, now you are the burden. That's the sequence that goes through your head. Uh, but after the the event was a lot of numbness, like a lot of not feeling, uh, a lot of confusion, uh, and then anxiety really came into my life because I didn't really have or really didn't identify as having anxiety. I didn't understand. Like I used to tease Barbara about it because she's like, I'm getting anxious. I'm like, that's not a thing. Stop making it up. You're a liar, uh, which is definitely a real thing. So <laughs> it just wasn't permanent. Yeah, I think because um, I'm high-functioning anxiety. So for me, it was just felt like what would be adrenaline or drive uh, yeah. which wasn't identified as anxiety. You have a question? Put your finger up. <laughs> <laughs> when you felt the numbness, uh-huh. remember you saying something to me once. It was like you just thought the world, everyone would be better off without you. Yeah, but that's the unfortunate fact is that's not a, that's not a fleeted thought. That still comes back. So you yeah. have to justify that. So, so you feeling that? Around in amongst all those other emotions. Yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. That, that well, like, that's a check and balance. That was the, that was the two scales that, that the weight exceeded. Is like all those painful things that you caused to these people and all these inconveniences of dying yeah. is outweighed by you dying. Yeah, and that was the checks and balances. And right. quite often, that feeling of not to that extent, definitely not to that extent for a long while. Of of um, the world, you ex- not existing in the world and it functioning better does definitely continuously and probably will forevermore come up in my head, yeah. and and people around me that have that care and and and, and stuff will tell me and I go it doesn't matter because my brain will just tell me you're lying as as much as you want to tell me you have to believe it correct yeah it's 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 like you telling me that door handle is hot and I don't believe you until I touch it that's the only way to find out this right? is your little boy um, coming up. 
he's, he's very present all the time. Yeah, it's like that links back to the response. They're beautiful. You can tell someone that they're so smart. You can tell someone that they're, you know, in, like give them all the compliments that you see in them and it would just be like douche, 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 douche. Yeah, and it Mike takes, was doing blocking. I was doing blocking. She was blocking. She, she forgets <laughs> that this is a voice thing. That's why I can't commentate. People are like, and why does she just do monkey noises? Yeah, why does she make strange noises? Um, <laughs> and yeah, it will take you believing you belong here to actually choose to stay. Yep. Or you just do like that real passive aggressive pact against yourself where you, you trap yourself here like me. No, it's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, they're, 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 I guess the main thing is is that I really want to get across is on that day and that moment, there was nothing that anyone could have done to prevent yeah. that. So if someone you know has taken their life. It's not your fault. Yeah, you can really, as much as you might want to keep thinking it is, it just never is. And when you understand that your whole life can just flourish because you can see that they're still everywhere with you in your mind and all around you and they wouldn't want you here thinking it was your fault anyway. So. We're going to finish now. I'm going to kick Monique because they'll lighten the mood. What? Oh, fuck. <laughs> that is an actual proper kick. <laughs> so we can't leave you guys oh, sad. <laughs> It wasn't sad. It was like it was a beautiful moment because you're like, yeah, they are here, you know. I think we can leave on another note. Is there anything else? Is there anything else you want to add that you wish you? Hang on. Oh yes. Is there anything you wish that you had said to us in back then? No. No. To have helped you. No. Hundred percent. There is. I've gone over this a million times in a million different ways. Yeah. Uh, there is nothing that would have. Oh, not that would have changed anything. I just no. mean after. Is there anything that you wish you'd said? No, no I said sorry to everyone. Oh, did yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't remember that, but clearly because uh, I was like, "Why are you sorry?" Yeah. No. So I I I, I, I apologize to everyone. Um. Uh. And and all the sorts. It's it's no. There's like most of the time I'll say what I want to say. And if I'm, not say, if I'm not saying it, I'm saying because I don't want to say it, not because I don't feel like I can. Um, okay, cool. So, and that's with my friends, that's with clients, that's with my Instagram account. Um, yeah. It's because there's no point of being a, a big liar. Um, occasionally I'll post things a little bit later because I don't have the capacity at that time to to handle the, the niceness that I get from it. So if I've had a bad time, I will wait a couple of weeks before I post about the bad time because I, I won't have the tolerance to handle the, the feedback. Um, but that still allows me to be honest. It's just like a laggy, you know. It's like coming soon to your movie theatre in a week. Uh, Trent's sad moment. Uh, so, but no. But um, thank you very much, Monique. For joining us, let's go get some food and Yay! make sure the girls are still upstairs. Oh yeah, I locked the door, so hopefully. Lock what door? There's no door. Lock the front. The oh, front. that's fine. I just mean just in general. They do know they they this they're eight and ten. They know how to unlock doors. Oh yeah, true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank um, you so much. Bye bye.